Hi, this is Mark, and welcome to this special bonus episode of Nerdology. My very special guest today is Mr. John Aitken. Hey, John. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Um, I've been meaning to ask you on for a while, and uh, I'm hoping to complete my set of uh, Prog to Who uh, hosts. So, you know, I'm working through you gradually. Well, happily the check's cleared, so I'm, I'm all right to come on. <laughs> so that's oh, it's cleared. Oh, that's <laughs> unusual. It doesn't normally happen. Um, so I thought we could just have like a bit of a chat, you know, keep it quite... Mm loose and just see what comes up i should i suppose really start off by saying who you are and yeah. where we will know you from so john is responsible for some of the most entertaining podcasts out there at the moment i have to say not wishing to make you too big-headed john I'm to- you're uh, totally right it's great yeah. <laughs> and he's incredibly <laughs> modest as well uh so you can find john on Proctor Who, which is uh, the Doctor Who podcast that likes to throw in a bit of, well, it started out with prog, but it's a bit of a free-for-all now with some <laughs> cool music. Um, that's along with Bob and Sucky, who's been a guest of ours many, many times on the show. Um, and Craig, the delightful Craig, and mm. Mark. Yeah. So you've got that show. Uh, you did an offshoot from that called Take Your Seats, which you very kindly asked me to come on and, and uh, talk about Alien, which was great fun. I really enjoyed that. Uh, just so happened so, that it was one of my favourite films, so it was a good choice. Wow, well, there you are. Well, excellent. Good. Man, <laughs> very good taste. Um, so that's a great little uh, extra thread you've got running on that feed. So uh, you'll get people on to talk about classic sci-fi movies mm. and sometimes just random comedy movies. Yes, apparently so, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you and Miles Northcott. Yeah, man with two brains, thanks for that, Miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Technically uh, not sci-fi, um, is it sci-fi, Mark? Do we well, think? well, I think you're starting to clutch at straws a bit, really, but, you know, yeah. it was entertaining, so, you know, <laughs> luckily it paid off. And the most recent addition to your stable is Trek This Out. Mm, yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, well, I think Bob uh, just... He he'd left Prog to Who um, due to some creative differences. I'm going to say I don't really know why he left Prog to Who, but uh, he obviously got the bug for Star Trek and he got very enthused with Discovery and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and Sucky and I, um, at Bob's sort of prompting, did a, a, a Discovery, Star Trek Discovery podcast on the Prog to Who feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sort of, I think, Got Bob all excited and he decided he wanted to start his own Star Trek channel. So mm-hmm. he obviously asked me and Sucky because we're the reliable people who always say yes to podcasts. <laughs> uh, and we've got talent, uh, uh, Lindsay and Andrew on as well, who are uh, uh, had a great dynamic to it and really, really make it kind of diverse <clears throat> in a northern yeah, they do. Way. It's it's uh, it's a really nice group of characters you've got there because everyone's got a slightly different take on it and uh, you don't always agree but it, I think it, that's part it of the stays fun, though, fairly civil yeah it's part of the fun though yeah th- absolutely it makes it so much more entertaining I think we're allowed we're allowed to reach a certain level of banter but we also have to be respectful <laughs> and I do try not to cross the line even though I do fail on occasion oh you do like to push it occasionally oh, yeah, I, like to push, <laughs> I like to push Lindsay as far as she'll go because she, yeah, likes, bless to, her. she likes to fight me I think yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's very entertaining. She's been on the show a couple of times. Yeah, and, uh, no, she's great. great. Yeah, and, she uh, so, so that's your stable of shows at the moment. So you're a busy man. I am. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I don't think. Um, I'm surprised you had the time to come on and speak to us, really. <clears throat> well, you know, if it wasn't for the lockdown and isolation, and the fact that I'm on annual leave this week, uh, you might, we might well, be struggling. Yeah. 
So I am going to put you through what I did to Bob when he first came on the show, and we're going to do a sort of getting to know you. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. My friend and fellow podcaster, JL Southall, we used to do the Blue Box podcast many moons ago. He does a, a podcast now called Strangers in Space, Strangers which is great. Space. Yeah, and that's it's. It started out as a Doctor Who podcast, but they've sort of really branched out now. So they do movie reviews and uh, international films and wow. all sorts of interesting stuff. And uh, one of the threads they've got on their feed is something called Desert Planet Picks, which <laughs> bears an uncanny resemblance to Desert Island Discs. Copyright not infringed, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an homage, I think. Not, okay, not okay. a rip off. It's an homage. So I'm homaging his homage. Nice. Uh, so I won't do all the questions. Well, exactly. Yeah, Cal homage. <laughs> so we won't go too far because obviously you might be a potential guest. So I don't want to, you know, mm, okay. don't want you to ruin it before you get a chance to go on that show. But I'll ask you three categories. Right. <clears throat> so you're marooned on a desert planet. And you're allowed to take these three items with you. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is what drink would you take? If you could only drink one thing. So you get water for sustenance, but um, this is a drink for pleasure. Um, well, I think uh, I, I, don't, I don't drink alcohol particularly. Uh, okay. So I'd probably just go for Diet Coke just because it's my go-to for when I want something fizzy. I'm thinking if it's a desert planet as well, you want something quite refreshing, don't you? Yeah, you if it's going to be a hot you place. You don't want brandy or anything silly like that. Yeah, yeah. no. Or maybe have like a little ice bucket as well. I'll give you that as well. <laughs> just, you know, to keep it nice and cool. You can't have warm Coke because that's no, wrong. No, you can. No. You know, at a push, but I don't like to. Mm, yeah, no, no. No, it's a good so choice. So it's quite no. a boring answer, but, you know. Yeah, but no, I think there's a place for it. I could say absinthe. Um, absinthe, Oh, God, maybe? Christ. <laughs> I had that once. It was oh, One extreme to the other. Most revolting drink I've ever drunk. I've never tried it. I've Ugh. heard all sorts of weird and wonderful mm. things about it, and uh, it scares me a little bit, to be honest. So, yeah, um, yeah I've avoided that one. It tastes like aniseed balls. It's just... Mm. Nobody needs that. No, no. <laughs> okay, so we've, so you've got your drink category. Mm. Uh, what food would you take with you? So you um, get protein pills just to keep you alive, but you want, you can have the same food over and over again. Um, so it's obviously got to be something you really like. So what would be your food of choice? Well, I suppose, realistically, if I'm trapped on a desert island and I want to have one single food that will help me, it's got to be something that's quite versatile. Mm -hmm. So I would probably go for the humble spud. Nice. Because you can do uh, many things with it, all of them legal, and you can get some creative foods out of it. So presumably I can have potatoes and coconut and potatoes and protein pills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The way it goes. No, absolutely. Spot on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously the potato, you, well, you, know, you can have mashed potatoes, baked chips. Exactly. It's endless. Well, not endless, yeah. but it's nearly endless. Okay, last one. This is a, it's going to be a tough one, I think, yeah. for you, okay. John. Uh, what You're allowed to take some music with you. So it can <sighs> be an album, or it could just be a piece of classical music, or it could be a song. So this is the one piece of music you get to listen to over and over and over again. Right. I mean, that is that is a tricky one. I've got quite an mm. eclectic music... Well, I haven't got an eclectic music taste. I just like music like everybody else. But mm -hmm. I do have uh, a background in sort of classical music. And I think I'd want something that is has a lot of complexity. 
and a mm-hmm. lot of interestingness and went on for quite a long time. Okay. So I would probably go for a Mahler symphony or something oh. like that, something that's uh, fairly a good 50 minutes of um, a quite complex music that is interesting to listen to for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could put Bohemian Rhapsody in, but, you know, six minutes or whatever, that's... <laughs> It's a bit wearing after the sort of five thousandth listen. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the long term for that, but yeah, it'd be something like Mahler or a Bruckner symphony, just some some symphony or other that went on for ages. Okay, I mean, I must admit, my knowledge of classical is pretty much zilch. Okay, Um, Okay. I've got a few bits in my collection just because I've heard them. I thought, oh, that sounds really good. Um, When the BBC did their proms one year, um, they had a guy called Paul Lewis, who's a pianist yeah they had him doing beethoven's uh piano concertos yeah and that was fantastic well i think and he was amazing I think, I think the proms is great for that particular reason it like introduces people that wouldn't normally listen to that sort of stuff yeah opens it up to a wider audience and even if like you only dip in and get the one thing you've still sort of like widened your musical sort of mm. knowledge there so i got bit. got the album of that and that was amazing really really good so mm. that kind of opened my eyes to that um, but yeah, otherwise I'm, you know, it's, well, it's it's daunting. I think if you haven't got a sort of classical music background, it's kind of mm. like, well, where do you dip in? I mean, yeah. you've got like three hundred, four hundred years worth of potential music to listen to. Which mm-hmm. which time period you pick? Which which uh, composer? Tricky, I think that is one of the thing. benefits of. <clears throat> there are pros and cons to the way that music has gone because everything is going digital. <clears throat> mm. So, back in my youth. I was obsessed with music, and still am to a degree, but I would be down the record shop every weekend getting CDs and amassed this massive collection. Um, and it was, you know, it's all part of the experience was going through the racks and looking for yeah. that elusive sort of indie album um, that no one else stocked. Um, and you build up this really interesting collection of music and you have all these various influences and sounds um and that was great but with the digital revolution the way it's gone mm. i think you lose a little bit in terms of i mean when an, an artist released an album back in the day you listen to the album from start to finish yes yeah. the cd you could flick around the tracks but you tended to listen to it as a piece um whereas these days people tend to cherry pick don't they they'll pick out the things that they like and they won't sort of listen to anything any great length it's almost like the attention span has got so bad that they can't sort of focus on anything for too long well i think the the availability of these subscription services means you can kind of as soon as an album is released you can listen to it there and then and Mm. kind of like there is no there is no selectivity to it you don't have to like going down to the record shop like you say yeah used to think right i've only got a limited amount of money what yeah. am I going to pick? And you really have to get it right because mm. if you don't, you're stuck with Teenage Ninja Turtles version <laughs> bands. And and that's uh, and, and that's something that has... It's not devalued it, but it, it's it's made it... People are... Uh, I mean, obviously, the positive is people are more willing... Uh, there's more to, for people to listen to. Yeah. But again, like you say, the attention span is kind of... You're not willing to give things time because there's no value attached to what you purchase. Yeah. I mean, I look at... Spotify and all these other streaming services and I think back to when I was a teenager and I, it would have blown my mind you know yeah. everything at your fingertips you can just listen to anything you want it's incredible mm. but then like you say there's that danger of being swamped with so much that you're just sort of cherry picking and you're not really 
putting any thought into it and you're just dismissing it as you know yeah it's it's, it's lowered the value somewhat of of the music yeah yeah speaking of music and, mm. and what have you uh your colleague mark atkinson yes uh, from prog to who he is a musician by trade so obviously with the current way things are going um it's quite a tough time for him and many people like him. Sure. And uh, I've been doing my bit on our social media just to give him a bit of a plug. So I think I'll drop his name in here. I'll put some links in the show notes. Um, but if you check Mark out, he's a really talented musician. He's a great am- guitarist. He's an amazing, amazing singer. He's an amazing singer. Mm. I mean, it's like, it blows my mind that I've been listening to um, Proctor Who for donkeys before I, before I actually... Uh, mm-hmm. Because I'm a friend of Bob's and Bob's on it, so I'm supporting my friend. Yeah. And and you hear Mark speak, you wouldn't correlate his speaking voice with the sort of angelic bloody voice he comes out with when he sings. <laughs> I but tell he, you what. He's, he's incredible, though. He's a really good singer. Another person like that is, um, are you familiar with Echo and the Bunnymen? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ian McCulloch from Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. The voice oh, yeah, of an of angel. But you hear him talking, he's like a flipping docker. Well, that's it. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, that's why different voices, isn't it? I don't know how it works. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he's um, he's got a load of um, albums available to stream or you can buy physical copies. Mm. And he has taken to social media, I think, like a lot of musicians, and he's doing live gigs uh, online. Yeah. Um, so you can enjoy those. So if you check out uh, Mark Atkinson... I think you'll probably be able to find him on Twitter, but I think most of his stuff he does on Facebook, so you may have to check him out on there. But if you go through Prog to Who, I'm sure you can find that. But I'll put links in the show notes to his um, website. Um, he's releasing a, um acoustic double album, which I think is going to be really interesting. I've already pre-ordered my copy, because I feel like, you know, he's a really nice guy, and I like his music, and I feel like I should try and support him while things are a bit tough you say, so you say that matt but it's actually on facebook live at this very minute but we're recording our little this little podcast well obviously we don't like him that much so. no not enough you won't, you won't stop <laughs> Sorry, our schedule <laughs> uh, yeah so he's releasing this acoustic double album so one disc is going to be is that black and white material yeah yeah and the other disc is going to be a bunch of cover versions so i think that's going to be quite an interesting concept so two different sides to his talent so i'm looking forward to that so yeah i'll put uh, links in the show notes and uh yeah you can check that out and uh, i'm sure he'll have tracks you can listen to to get really get a feel for it but um yeah if you've listened to prog to who he does occasionally drop in the the odd track of his own and just once or twice impressive yeah yeah once or twice well you know yeah why wouldn't you yeah yeah exactly i mean i can't say i can't say anything about that i've put one of my own tracks on there from when i recorded with bob so, yes, yeah, the, the infamous plug. It's not infamous, it's just like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think it just tickled Mark because... It did, uh, didn't it, Just? He put that little clip The character in from the Beano, yeah. Yeah, yeah just that. I think it's more of a dig at Bob, really, but, you know. Well, you know, vicariously, he's had a dig at me, so uh, <laughs> me and Mark have fallen out, but no, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like we've gotten to know you a bit better now, John. So thanks for uh, allowing yourself to be put through that uh, interrogation. Good. (laughs) So I'm a bit more interested to find out about how you got into podcasting. What was your route into that? So obviously, you know, Bob, is that how you got started or you'd already done some stuff before you did Project? No, uh, my my first foray into podcasting was um, with Bob, directly me and him. 
we decided okay. I was just like looking for some creative outlet because we just our band had finished mm-hmm. and I was going through a phase of like oh I really need I was doing other stuff but I really wanted to do some sort of essentially uh it was it was I don't know what whatever it is we decided to do we decided mm. to do it as a podcast and we did like 50 episodes of really quite bad comedy and uh, oh. uh, what we do is we do little sketches we 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 do current affairs and things and then mm-hmm. out of nowhere we'd we'd suggest oh why don't we do a sketch about that and then we'd have to do it there and then just him and me would just bounce off each other and it was great it was because, quite improvised then oh yeah it was totally improvised all the way through um well more I'll say that there was a couple of like scripted little sketches mm-hmm. we did but the effort wasn't really put in <laughs> but but it wasn't really. Uh, it was one of those things. It was for us. It wasn't really for anybody else. Yeah, but I, I imagine mean, it's quite a good learning curve to get your head around the technology side of it and to you know, give you an idea of how it gets put together. Oh, totally. And it's a confidence thing. It's um, if you were to start. I mean, I have other friends that are really funny people, but they would never go on a podcast because mm. it's a kind of. It's like it's recording, so anything yeah. they say that is stupid and unfunny. Will be there, and, <laughs> yeah, and for it's eternity. kind of and, and but people like you and I, and, and especially Bob and I, uh, mm-hmm. we don't care. We don't care whether it's rubbish well, or not. We just know. give it a go. You get to because, an age, don't you? And you just you know. I think yeah, we just got to the <laughs> point where we don't care anymore. <laughs> That's I how think, we podcast. I mean, you mentioned about people being a bit nervous about recording. <clears throat> uh, I've got friends who occasionally broadcast on the local independent radio mm. down here in Exeter, and I've come in as a guest on occasion and that is a whole different kettle of fish because that's you know you say about you know it's down there for, for posterity when you say something but uh live as well though. yeah with that it's uh yeah it's um well we, it's interesting we did that with our band uh we did a couple of um kind of gigs we just turn up at these um radio shows very mm-hmm. regional local ones um yeah. and just p- play live uh play a track live which is a whole new level of um, of nerves. Uh, I mean, if you mess up, you can't start again because you're live no, on radio. It's, it's no. not maybe going out to more than 100 people, but mm. it's still quite daunting. But yeah, we did it anyway because we enjoyed ourselves. Well, yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. you strike me, I mean, I don't want to make presumptions, but you Go strike me as you're of a certain age like myself. You may remember back in the day... Um, the Stone Roses, mm. oh. uh, they made their, was it their UK TV debut? Oh, that one where the... Um, on the late amateurs. show? Amateurs, amateurs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so oh. they're all ready to go. They start the song and the power goes <laughs> and it's live. So yep. the presenter just walks back out again and starts talking about, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry, there's been a bit of a problem there. Ian Brown has given her absolute pelters. <laughs> It's a brilliant oh. clip. I think it's on YouTube, so I might have to put a link into that. Well, I think I watched it. I was a big fan of the Stone Roses, and uh, I got, yeah, the, I got the video. They had a video, uh-huh. and uh, a literal VHS, and um, mm. that had all the clips from all their videos, and, and that sort of, that was on there as well. I remember that thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I love that oh, sort of great stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the, in terms of the music, I'm interested in the music. What? So you were in the band with Bob. Mm. Yeah, and what kind of stuff were you playing? Well, was it a bit of everything, or did you really sp- go for a specific type of music? Well, we didn't go for it particularly. I think we kind of the problem was that I played violin. I okay. didn't. I didn't play anything particularly. 
nothing scripted, nothing written down that I'd play. I just played whatever I considered playing when the track was playing. Mm. So, but because there's violin in it, it kind of lends violin in it. It kind of lends itself to folk, whether you like yeah. it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we did. We we ended up doing lots of gigs at places like O'Neill's, doing Irish bars and things, mm-hmm. uh, which was not really what any of us. That wasn't where our music tastes went. So okay. we ended up being some sort of folk rock kind of thing. It was, it was unique, definitely unique. Mm. I think it's not often that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just odd. But yeah, it was. <laughs> it was good. Like like I say, it was a creative outlet for us all. And mm. and it was, so was that your own material, or was that? Yeah, yeah. Well, lots. Of, we did a lot of covers as well. But um, yeah, we did plenty of our own stuff as well. Yeah, me and Bob started that off. He got bored. This is how mm. everything starts with me and Bob. He gets bored and decides <laughs> he wants to start a project. And I'm an idiot. Just say yeah to whatever he says. And, uh, and you get wheeled in to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we try it out. We, we persuade ourselves that we're decent, even if we probably aren't. And, <laughs> hey, look, uh, that's how punk started. That's how we all started, yeah. yeah. That's how the podcast started, yeah. Nice. Mm, yeah. yeah, you say about the, the violin. Um, I'm not massively into folk there's some mm, no. folky stuff i i quite like but um yeah it's not really it's not my, thing that's my either, go-to that's thing, kind yeah. of music but there are a couple of bands i mean like velvet underground um had a bit of violin yeah and they were well they just kind of pushed the envelope a bit didn't they i think i think style wise i think our my old band would have been something more akin to like the levelers or, okay, or maybe yeah. a little you know i don't know um elo a little bit that kind of thing oh, right just I, I improvised whatever I did, so it wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't particularly always going to be the same, but it had the same sort of structure to it. But when there's a violin there, you can't help but sound folky, whether the music's mm-hmm. folky or not. So, kind of typecast ourselves. Well, you started out, didn't you, as your own little thread on the Pro to Who feed, which was uh, "Take Your Seats." Well, we started off with Discovery, Am I right? Discovery podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And uh, after that, I think um, uh, with Bob going, they just—I was just willing and able. Mm-hmm. I was happy to do so. I mean, the, the thing with it being a Doctor Who podcast is, we convinced ourselves that the good idea is that because I don't know anything about Doctor Who particularly, and mm. I've watched all the new Who. I just don't. Yeah. I'm just not obsessive about it, and so I don't remember episode titles, and I can barely remember last week. Uh, I think that's quite interesting in a way because you're seeing it with fresh eyes, whereas that's what we convinced ourselves was a good idea. So <laughs> I don't know if it's turned out that way, but I, it's something I really enjoy doing. Um, I think all the guys, Mark, Craig, and Sucky, are just so giving and like welcoming, and mm. they, they put up with my little. I, I can't help myself being a little bit cheeky on occasion, and they're happy <laughs> with that. Yeah, I mean, it's always good. It's quite well, very positive. Spice, doesn't it? Yeah. You can't have, can't have a, a podcast without a bit of banter. Well, that's what we're finding out on Trek, uh, on Trek South. <laughs> yeah. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> taking that to a new level. <laughs> put five put, put five sort of opinionated people in a room and let them fight it out. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the way. I mean, my own sort of podcasting beginnings. I got into listening to podcasts really mm. early on in the game. Um, to the point where I was having to explain to people what a podcast was. Yeah, I had that as well, yeah. Um, yeah, which is a bit strange to think of it now, because it's, you know... I mean, what sort of podcast... man and his dog's got their what, own podcast. What sort, of, pod- make, what sort of podcast to. were you listening to, then? <sighs> Primarily Doctor Who, because that was my bag. Yeah. Um, the 
the two that I really latched onto in a big way. I mean, everyone mentions Radio Free Scara because that is just that's the daddy yeah. of all Doctor Who podcasts, and the guys on that are great. I've done a few shows with them on the Blue Box when yeah. we used to do that show, and they're just really lovely guys. Um, and Stephen's been on our show, sure, uh, to talk about the Goonies of all things. Wow. Um, and but the, the two that I really latched onto um, were. The Doctor Who Book Club, right? Um, which is no more now, but Eric from that has been on our show lots and lots of times, and he's done Doctor Who The Writer's Room, and he's doing one called The Real McCoy at the moment, which is focusing on, as you may have guessed, the Sylvester McCoy right. era, which yeah. is really good. Um, and the other one was Mostly Harmless Cutaway, which Eric is another Eric, um, and he had a whole bunch of people who would come on. And it was quite... Um, is that reference of people? Is that kind of based on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or something? Well, yeah, he started out. Uh, I think it was like a theme to the show. He wanted to. He put in little sort of odd episodes where it was kind of themed like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and you drop in little sort of nuggets of information and stuff. Um, and then it just evolved into a Doctor Who um, review podcast. Um, mm. But they had this sort of revolving door of regular guests, so it's always quite fresh because. Yeah. You never knew from one episode to the next who the sort of panel, the round table was going to be. Hmm. Um, but I, what really got me um, on that particular podcast and what made me want to do my own was there felt like this real sense of community from that podcast. Yeah. Because they were all about um, fan interaction. So they'd have like Twitter hmm. feedback and that kind of stuff. And uh, the first time you get a tweet read out, on the show, it's like a real buzz. <laughs> that happened um, to me when I wrote into Proctor Who. Listen yeah. to myself being a yeah. That was the that was the start of uh, wanting to get into sort of fan stuff for me. Yeah, so that was really nice, and it just you'd hear the same names cropping up, and yeah, more and more people would get involved, and it was like its own little sort of micro community, and it was great, and that that was what really appealed to me about the idea of starting up your own podcast was just those connections that you make with various people that you wouldn't possibly have spoken to before, but the fact that they all have this common interest and it was just a really nice experience. I think before we got into the whole sort of social media in a big way and before things started to get, I don't know if it's quite as bad in Star Trek, but Doctor Who does have sort of... uh, It is, it is as bad. It's fair share (laughs) of not very fun people around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just I just found it was a really pleasant way of interacting with people, and it's just a great way of sharing um, something that I know I don't know about you, but I know you're not necessarily the biggest fanboy out there. But when I was younger, there weren't that many people who were into the sort of stuff that I was into, so it was quite a sort of insular, quite a, a sort of a personal thing. But to then have that connection with people all across the world, who had that same uh, passion for the same thing that you loved, sure. I think was great. It really opened it up. Well, I think I think we've become, certainly, it, nerding has become mainstream a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it's far more acceptable to... And, and a lot of people are just happy to... Like you say, that these are little communities that we create. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's also has the added benefit of you don't actually have to physically meet them. You can just like you can just like keep them at, keep them at a good hundred mile distance and and still connect quite deeply with them on something that they love and you love and 
and I think 90% of these shows that we do, Doctor Who ones and Star Trek mm. ones, 90% of it is about, the rest of the fans, it's about uh, sort of sharing something with somebody else. It's mm. not, and the 10% is strictly about the show itself. Like yeah. Whatever it is, Star Trek or Doctor Who or whatever. Yeah. But 90% of it is the is the connection we feel with like-minded people. Mm. And, uh, and, and other- that's that's the most valuable part of it. And that's why we keep doing it and want to do more of it because... It's it's like yeah. it's like you're in a you're in a room with your friends, even you know, yeah. and they are your friends. Well, I mean, to me, that's what the best podcasts are like. It's yeah. you've gone down to the pub with your friends, and you're just sat around a table chatting away about sure. subject that you really like. Yeah. Um, the other thing, which it kind of comes back to a little bit about what you're saying about your take on the the Doctor Who side of things, is um, going back to mostly harmless cutaway. The that podcast that I really mm. got into. One thing I used to really adore was they had uh, a lady on that. I think I may have mentioned this before on the show uh, called Cat, mm. um, who has her own podcast called Sci-Fi Party Line, um, and she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would come on to Mostly Harmless. So her knowledge of old Doctor Who was not massive. Yeah. So she would get these little assignments from the main host. So he would say, "Okay, I want you to watch this story from nineteen." 19- 76 yeah and she's going into it completely cold yeah um and it just gives you this totally different perspective on a show that you you know if you're a big fan you will have seen that dozens of times but just to hear someone else see it for the first time i got used to get a real buzz from from listening to that well i think uh that is the joy with proctor who for me is that in the coming month in between series we'll for the first time, this is the first time I've I've been on the Doctor Who podcast without uh, a series being actually ongoing. So mm-hmm. I, I will be asked to look at like 1976 Doctor Who and for the first time because I've pretty much watched all the Doctor Who since Tom Baker, but okay. not in a way that I remember them. I can't remember anything. Oh, right. So mm-hmm. it wasn't something that obsessed. It would just be something I would always end up watching and filling in the time with. Um, yeah. So it will be essentially fresh eyes for me, fresh ears, fresh eyes, mm. and um, yeah. And I'm looking forward to putting my sort of well. I'm looking forward to learning more about the about it as well. And I'm sure mm. the guys at Proctor Who will be keeping me right as to uh, all these <laughs> things. They do like to well, no, I, I think one of the things I like about the dynamic on that show is that I feel like your input is you're quite sort of level-headed about stuff when you're reviewing it mm. and you tend to i don't get carried away with um no stuff there are certain members of that team <coughs> Bob, <laughs> who get really carried away and they'll give it a 10 out of 10 um uh, but you're perhaps looking at it a bit more analytically and you'll kind of your way up and you'll be fair i think you're quite fair normally you'll say well, okay well i like this but i thought this was dreadful or and Generally speaking, your scores tend to be a bit more measured. Is that fair to say? I am. I'm forgiving with a lot of the stuff that I watch. Bearing in mind, it's a TV show, and I'm kind of, mm. I know this, and I know the limitations that you have on when you create a series and what they're trying to do, and I don't expect the world from them. So I do mark accordingly. I'm not like Bob and give everything five or ten <laughs> out of ten because I get overly excited and start to like throw points around like it's. Uh, <laughs> like the world's ending, 
Well, yeah, I, I think well. that, I think my well, yeah, uh, I think <laughs> that um, yeah, I like to try and I, I try to analyze it in a sort of not particularly from a fan point of view, but from mm. an actual TV that I'm watching kind of view. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, it comes good. across that way particularly, but no, I think so. I think so. Well, that's what I take from it anyway. But you know, it's just that's right. your, yeah, that's your just opinion is important. Though. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I think the only other thing I think I've found. Um, I don't know if you've perhaps maybe it's still a bit early days for you yet, but if you're doing a regular show, yeah. um, I think having the particularly with the Doctor Who side of things, but I think it, it plays out equally with Star Trek as well. Um, you have the new show, which you do as a critique, and you're looking at the episodes, mm. and you're judging them based on certain criteria. Yeah, uh, You can't, i found personally, and I think I've spoken to a few different podcasters over the years, who, <clears throat> particularly if they're not enjoying the, the series, it can, it can become a bit of a grind. And it's almost like work rather than something that's fun. So I think having that bit of time where you're sort of off season, if you like, where you can go back and look back at older stuff. So with Doctor Who, you're looking at the classic series or with Star Trek, you're looking at maybe Next Generation or the original series or Voyager, whatever. Um, It's something that you perhaps got that emotional attachment to Mm. that that you don't feel quite so. Yeah, I I, I don't know. On edge about reviewing, maybe. I appreciate. I appreciate that. Me being slightly remote from, slightly, uh, I don't want to say isolated from the rest of them. I'm not a true fan, so Mm. so my level of engagement is probably slightly different different from the the rest of the sort of reviewers. Yeah, but yeah, I'd I'd probably agree that uh, sometimes it has been a bit of a chore when it, when mm. when some of the work some of the worst episodes that you've watched and you have to watch mm-hmm. it a number of times because you you've yeah. got an obligation to actually write down your notes and, and be sort of yeah, detailed about it. Yeah, you got to get it down. So it can be. Yeah. But like it's like on many of these things, uh, I, I I tend to say yes to something before. <laughs> thinking about it too deeply because if i don't i won't do it i procrastinate like like the best of them so, so I'm, I'm really glad that you said yes when i asked you to come on i i, I was always going to say yes <laughs> it's, it's mad um it's like the the youtube channel i've got i i didn't really oh yeah i wanted to come to that yeah yeah well it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say about oh it? you're really selling it to everyone here john <laughs> well it's, it's again it's i think most of these things uh this, this is for me it's not mm. really for anybody else. I, I do. I need a creative outlet, uh, yeah. and I've got it on podcasts, and I, and I do other things. I do me writing and me mm-hmm. painting and all that sort of stuff. Uh, do me um, stuff like that. But mm. if I don't, so if people if who haven't I, come across it yet, it's called Simply Woodworking. It is. is that right? It is. Yeah. So it's uh, on YouTube. Yeah, it is very simple. Simple woodworking. But the, the, yeah, but I find it. Um, oh, what is the phrase they use? All the, is it ASMR or whatever? Yeah, I'm not really down with yeah. this, probably gathered, but well, it's like, something it's like very a... <laughs> therapeutic about watching it. Like, I have no interest in doing it myself because no. I have no sort of artistic talent whatsoever, as anyone who's listened to this show for long enough <laughs> will know. Um, but to sit there and watch it and see this thing take shape, and you have the music, which is all part of the experience, and it's quite sort of relaxing. 
I had it on on my Mac the other day and our six-year-old came along and he was entranced <laughs> by it. And the wife came through from the kitchen and she watched the whole thing through. She said, oh, this is really good. It's so relaxing. Well, that was, um, that was so the point. So you definitely really. latched onto something there. Well, it's, Even if it's just us three watching. <laughs> well, there's not there's not many watchers. I'll grant you that. I've had a look at the analytics. It's not great. but, the, but the, Yeah, I'm but how long have you been them. doing it? Uh, I've I'm, I'm got about nine or ten, so nine or ten weeks. Oh, well, I mean, why um, aren't you getting ten million downloads exactly. already? I mean, come on. What the hell's going on, Mark? <laughs> no, no yeah. the, the, thing, the thing about it is, is, is a lot of... Um, I didn't intentionally go for the ASMR thing, but I just... Mm. I didn't want to narrate over it. I don't have the best voice in the world, and I'm aware of that. So keep the actual uh, vocals to a minimum. Just, you don't mm. need to, I don't need to tell you what I'm doing. If you want to do it, you can do it. But it's not about teaching anybody to do woodworking because I've only been doing it for a couple of years. I don't really know anything. You say about not having a voice. I've heard someone refer to you as the Bob Ross of woodworking. Yeah, but that's, if Bob Ross never spoke, that would be, <laughs> that would be the, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, the intention is like, do a little funny intro. That's just for me, just because I like to do stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, often make something. It's the whole thing is there so that I am force myself to do a project a week. I uh, particularly at the moment with the way things are. I mean, I don't know how. Oh, it's great. Your it? kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, your life has been panning out, but um, you know, you could go quite easily stir crazy if you're just left your own devices so oh, coming I, up with all I, these little I've, things I've been training for this do. my whole life Mark uh, this is self-isolation is like my, <laughs> li- my life aim anyway and this I is mean like, that is something is I mean I'm not I'm not you know saying all nerds are like this but I think there are there is a seriously large percentage of people who might enjoy podcasts like this yeah. who like you say they've been training their entire lives for this yeah they're quite happy staying indoors while everyone else is outside in the sun yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's why I do yeah. podcasts. So I don't have to meet people. <laughs> no, I pet. Yeah, I'm not, not. I'm just, not really that bad. I do play. I do play a little bit of a. I'm not really that sort of misanthropic, but yeah, I know. I know it's all a bit of an act, isn't it? It is. It's, it's just the way I yeah. sort of present myself. Yeah. No, you do. I was very tempted to get you on with. Um, Doc Whom from Diddley Dumb, but I, <laughs> I would worry that the entire universe would. Collapse in upon itself. If I've, you were I've both heard on at the that. Same yeah. Time. yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, you never know. It's just you know, get two people that are like that in the same room, and who knows what might happen. There's a singularity is created. Yeah. Yeah. We might, we might go. The Blinovich down. limitation effect. You'll find out about that. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're going to go for a break now. So when we come back from our commercial break, I will be asking John for some recommendations Ooh, for our listeners. Nice. Here's how to remember the Green Cross code. First, find a safe place to cross, then stop. Stand on the pavement near the curb. Look all round for traffic and listen. If traffic is coming, let it pass. When there is no traffic near, walk straight across the road. Keep looking and listening for traffic while you cross. Hey! Well, now we'll all remember the Green Cross Code. And use it. Splink! And welcome back. So we come to that point in the show where I am going to ask John for some recommendations for our listeners. What have you got for us, John? Well, uh, this is just something that turned up today. Um, and Bob was talking about it, and I thought I'll check it out. It's okay. a Star Trek TNG Doctor Who crossover comic called oh, wow. Assimilation. Okay. And so it's got Bog and Cybermen and Amy Pond, so like pretty much everything you want out of life. Oh, wow. 
So what's not to like? So it's a very entertaining little comic, and you get to see Doctor Who and Picard talking to each other, and it's very weird. <laughs> but I'm finding it very enjoyable. Um, I think. Oh, that's cool. Bob might Bob feels the urge to review it already, but uh, okay, we'll, we'll see about that. Eh? Um, mm. Yeah, so that's what I recommend that's, at the moment. And that's that's not recent, is it? That's I think. Oh no, I think that's been around I think it's quite old, but this is something yeah. new to me. This is what I mean with the. Uh, uh, the podcast and the fandom and and the sort of mm. community, these things that I was unaware of, pop out and yeah, I'm quite jealous of you in many ways because I've consumed all this stuff um, over the years and uh, I saw someone the other day on Twitter talking about how they've saved some Doctor Who back. These are long term fans, so they've yeah. got stories they've never seen because they want to keep it for the experience of sure. seeing some new Doctor Who. So I'm not sure. I mean, we're in the height of this epidemic now. What else do you need to happen in the world before you're actually <laughs> going to unwrap your copy of the War Games and watch it? Yeah, what sort of special event are you waiting for? The actual end of the world, or yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. this is—I mean, I, I can understand how about how you're being slightly jealous of it because you've—you've mm. you've been there, and I'm just—I'm still kind of just like scratching the surface and finding gems. Uh, yeah. and it's all well, new can, to me. I can live vicariously through your enjoyment, or not so much, depending on yeah, depending on how bad it you. is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just you know, if you get asked to review Underworld, you might want to perhaps just be sick that week. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, though, I've started listening to, uh, and you know, you were mentioning Dwayne Buddy before, um, oh, yeah. and Signs of Audio, and I've started to listen to Big Finish now. Mm. So, and it turns out there's like tons of them. So I'm like, oh my, my God, time, yeah. my I time mean, is going to be easy rabbit hole. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've only listened to one so far, Spare Parts. Oh, uh, that's but, a great one to start that, with. That was on the recommendation uh, from the guys. Mm. But yeah, I've got loads to catch up on. But you know, oh, such it's a lot of time in lockdown, so I'll, I'll get through well, quite yeah, a bit. Well, yeah, you might as well do something. Exactly. Oh, that's good. That's two really great recommendations. Thanks, John. <laughs> I've got another as well, yeah. yeah uh, I recently read Una McCormack's Star Trek novel that sort of uh, supports uh, the Picard uh, yes, show. The Picard, yeah. It's called the Last Best Hope, and it's uh, and I, it's like this, like we were saying with the Doctor Who and the Big Finish Star Trek mm. novels. I've never really got into, but like, okay, I interviewed uh, with Andrea for uh, Check This oh, Out. Yeah, that was really good, wasn't I it? Interviewed Dayton Ward, who was. Uh, I mean, mm. I'm not going to lie and say that I knew who he was beforehand, but mm. I did my research and I read one of his books. Oh, I found it really interesting. Uh, and did my best to like fool him into know, thinking I knew anything about American football. <laughs> uh, and no, the pair of you were really good on that. I thought you yeah, were great. And yeah, that's another rabbit hole to go down. Star Trek novels, it's so many mm. of them as well. So yeah, not going to run out of stuff to watch or no. read. Oh, that's good. Well, that's hopefully given our listeners a few ideas. I am still plugging away on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> the novelty has not worn off yet. So what so, are you watching at the moment? Well, we had a bit of a... Hmm, there's a bit of a, uh, a family dilemma. Um, our son is six, and it's that sort of age where you're starting to get a bit braver in some of the things you watch, but he is still, you know, he can be upset by things um, that you wouldn't necessarily assume they're going to be upset by. But So we've been sort of yeah. a bit going very carefully with introducing him to stuff. Now, uh, I've been catching up on an animated series uh, called Star Wars Rebels. Oh, yeah, I've watched all uh, that. They were which is fantastic great for kids. Yeah, really good. I, feel, um, I think it might be a little bit scary for six-year-olds at the moment. 
where, where he really enjoys that. Sure. There's the odd one or two where, you know, if Darth Vader comes on. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, true. If it's a particularly dark episode, you know, he'll come and snuggle up next to me and we'll sort of watch it together. Um, but he's really seems to be enjoying that. He's really latched onto it. It's not just me foisting it onto him. He's very, he knows his own mind. If he doesn't like it, he'll just, yeah, he won't want to watch it. Yeah. And with anyone of experience of six-year-olds, they pretty much control the TV. They so, do. Um, they do, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Star Wars Rebels, that's great. So we thought, is it time to try him out with Star Wars A New Hope? Mm-hmm. So we thought, we'll we'll give it a go. Um, we checked on the BBFC site, and uh, I think they rated it as... I think they rated it as you, or was it PG? Does that include the scene with the burning PG. corpses? You can go onto the BBFC website, and oh, okay. they have a breakdown of any potentially worrying things that might be in a film. So they'll talk about if there's any violence or swearing or whatever. So you've got that sort of uh, way of checking before you uh, introduce well, them to it. Anyway, so we didn't have to worry about any charred bodies because uh, as soon as Darth Vader came onto the screen, which is only about sort of five minutes in, I think we all decided it was a bit too scary. So um, that's going to go <laughs> back on the shelf for a while, maybe in another year or two. If he's still into Star Wars, we might sure. try it again. So, But yeah, I, the the plus side to that is that he really loves Rebels so much. So I'm really enjoying that we share this love of this particular thing. So that's nice. Well, there's also Clone Wars as well. The stars, I think that's yeah. Disney Plus. And that's, yeah, there's plenty of watching that as well. And they're fairly decent. I don't know whether they'd be a little bit older. Yeah, yeah um, but yeah, they're a similar vein. Mm. So yeah, I've, that will be on the back burner for sure, because um, we we've got through the first couple of seasons of Rebels now, so that will definitely be there waiting in case we um, we want some more Star Wars stuff to watch. Sure. So there's that. Me and the wife have watched the first three episodes of uh, Marvel's Runaways, which which again is on Disney Plus. Um, I don't know if you're are you okay with that. Well, I, I've got a similar opinion on Marvel as Bob, not so outspoken, okay. but um, okay. I, I mean, I, I I don't find myself particularly drawn towards Marvel stuff. No, that's okay. I mean, it's not for everyone. I mean, this I, is quite it. a different. Don't get me wrong, I watch it, but I mean, I just probably yeah. won't enjoy it much. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is quite a different beast from the cinematic stuff. Um, uh, who got me into this was Martin Havel from Bad Wolf. Oh, right, yeah. um, the Dot Two podcast. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. Um, he was tweeting about it, so I thought oh, I'll check it out. Um, so it's a series that aired on Hulu in America. So that's something I don't think we get over here um, in conjunction with Marvel. So it's it's kind of like a, a teen series. So it's uh, not that I watch an awful lot of that sort of stuff, but yeah. it's sort of uh, it made me think uh, a little bit of like an American. Hollyoaks, but with superpowers. It's, wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really selling it, aren't I? <laughs> you are. Uh, no, I think I think some of the uh, series are really good. I yeah. think it is just the movies I have a problem with, to be mm-hmm. honest. But yeah, stuff like I might have tried to watch it. I think I seem to recall. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, we've only gone through the first three episodes because we don't get to watch an awful lot. Because by the time you know, got little on to bed and what have you, it's quite sure. often you're quite tired and you just want to go to bed. Um, but we watched a few episodes of that, and it is the first episode really grips you and draws you into the story. So there's going to be, you can see there's going to be this ongoing uh, arc to the series. And uh, yeah, it's 
it's one I'm going to go back to. So I'm, I'm actually quite excited about exploring it. Yeah, it's good. It's um, it's worth a worth a look. I'll take that recommendation on board. Excellent. Thank you, John. Uh, is there anything you want to give a plug to? So you mentioned your YouTube channel. Do you want to give that a little plug? Or yeah, simply woodworking. And... It's an amateur mm-hmm. woodworker doing amateur woodworking stuff. Not very good. But in a well, very entertaining way. Well, you know, it's just you get to see me making stuff and it's either comes out good or rubbish and I don't really care either way. I mean, either way, it's still entertaining. Yeah, well, that's the point, isn't it? It's, it's not about anything yeah. else. I find uh, it then, very relaxing. Well, that's that's the point. I mean, mm. I do too. Not to do, because it takes hours. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and there's the podcast, Check This Out, Pog to Who mm-hmm. and Take Your Seats. Mm-hmm. So you're on all the usual things like Twitter and Facebook and all that. Yeah, rest of it. at John Aitken, I was one of those lucky. I was one of those lucky people to get their own name for. Yeah, Twitter. me too. Two thousand and nine was a good year. This is when, oh, we, yes. when I joined. So. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks once again for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's been a joy, Marcus, honestly. And uh, despite the fact that you're an Everton supporter and I'm a Liverpool supporter, <laughs> I think this shows that we can all get along in this world. We can. We can. Yeah. Some things are greater than football rivalry. That's, that is very true. So thanks to John once more for joining us for this episode. Just before we go, we are planning to do an episode on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So if you're a fan of Buffy, we'd love for you to get in touch and let us know your thoughts, your memories on that particular series. And here's how you can do it. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at nerdologyuk at gmail.com or you can tweet us at nerdologyuk. We're also on Facebook, just type in Nerdology UK podcast. And also now you can leave your audio feedback. So there's a link in the show notes, you can click on that. Or uh, if you're on the Anchor website listening to the show, there is a little button that says message and you just click on that. And you can use your mobile phone or your computer and you can leave an audio message.